0: Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I would like to thank you
1: for joining us today. My name is Kevin Parrish and I will be your host. Today we'll be discussing how discipleship is vitally important in impacting the lives of youth. We have with us today Matt Dixon. He is the youth pastor at Dotson Memorial Baptist Church in Maryville, Tennessee. Matt, thank you for being with us today.
2: No problem. Glad to be here.
1: Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm 27 years old and like you said, I'm the youth pastor over at Dotson Memorial Baptist Church. Been there for a little over two years now. And while I've been there, I've been working on my MDiv at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Awesome. I noticed that you said the Southern Baptist. That's the, yeah, we're forced to say that, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about your
2: ministry, about what you do. Yep, so I'm a youth pastor. Um, and so our big night you know, is Wednesday nights um, for the, the large gathering, which is around... Forty students, I'd say, around there. Um, so not a huge group by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know we have a meal, um, and then we have worship, and then the word, and then we you know kind of hang out afterwards, and that's kind of what we do on Wednesday nights. That's our big night of the week. Awesome. Well, you have a passion
1: for uh, youth ministry. Mm -hmm. Share with that.
2: Yeah, my big passion for youth ministry is discipleship. It's not always been that way. It's kind of a um, something that's kind of I've discovered over the past couple of years of you know that you know, you see students who will come, and i I think my heart just kind of broke over seeing, you know I've, I've been working in student ministry for 10 years mm-hmm. or close to be ten years now. And you know I just see these students go through and then after they get done with the youth ministry, they you can't find them on Sunday morning anymore. Yeah. You know, you, you see them there. On uh, on Wednesdays all through high school, and then they graduate, go to college, and then we lose them. We know that's a problem in our convention. We know that's a problem in youth ministry. Is where are these people going? That's really on my heart to see these students who stray, and so God's just really birthed in me a passion for discipleship, and that's found in what I like to call relational discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people will say, "Well, discipleship is just preaching on Sunday mornings, and that's my discipleship." But I try to, you know go after the model of Jesus where he had large groups for sure. And large groups are good. And we want them to be as big as possible. But then he had the 12. Right. Right. And then he had three. Right. Um, Peter, James, and John, even, even more intimate with those three. And so what's birthed in me is to kind of start a discipleship process in the youth group. And at the moment I have groups that meet on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays that I lead personally, Hmm. which there's a, So three, six, eight, and ten. So there's ten people I'm kind of in a small group discipling. There's no bigger than three people. Oh, yeah. Um, And so that's four times a week I'm meeting with these these students. Um, They're they're varying ages. One of them's in college. Some of them are middle school. A lot of them are seniors. And so what we do is they read the Bible five times a week. Um, We're going through a plan, the F-260 plan. A lot of this is from Robbie Gallaty, Mm -hmm. who's produced some discipleship materials I really recommend. And so they they read these scriptures and then they journal every day. They highlight a verse that sticks out to them that God's speaking to them through. They explain it in their own words. Mm -hmm. They apply it to their life and they respond in prayer. And so, and then there's a memory verse with it that we memorize weekly. And then every week we meet and we just discuss the journals. There's not a lesson plan I go through. I'm not going through a curriculum. It's just simply... Hey, how did God speak to you in His Word this week? And we talk over that, and it's really been, in my opinion, explosive right. um, in their growth and how it's kind of changed from you know just trying to build a crowd because that's what I'm tempted to do in youth ministry is like build a crowd. But this is really investing in this relational discipleship where they've got ton of time with me personally. I'm praying for them. I know what they're going through, hmm. and, and that. So that's really my passion in yeah. youth ministry. Yeah. Well, neat.
1: So you have. You're you really mentoring them what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And you're pouring yourself and just those that group. Now, so so how do you do? I know you have around roughly forty, and, and I'm I'm thinking like a, a, a small church that might have fifteen, mm-hmm. and and so basically you're probably taking a group that is more interested. Mm -hmm. into being discipled is that more like what you do so what do you do with the rest of the group how do you disciple them
2: right that's that's an excellent question and that's something you know this is it's i've not arrived in in you know discipleship by any means but you know that is something where um one thing that happens is i think i did take some of the ones that were interested more at first Mm -hmm. and then i think once it's seen and once it's once it's known that's going on, there's a momentum that builds with it. there's an excitement. Oh, what are they doing they're reading the Bible yeah. And the thing that really I think set it set it off and so I that set the you know the momentum going for di- discipleship at my church was these two guys that I was discipling launched their own discipleship groups. Hmm. Um, we replicated them yeah with so it was a senior, or really he's a junior, a junior and a sophomore found three other guys, three middle school guys, who weren't as interested. You know, these were were not um, people who were super wanting it, but they asked them, and they they said they wanted to be discipled. And now those high schoolers are doing the same ministry that I was doing to them. So there's a replication. That's, you know, what we're looking for is to multiply in that way. Um, And so once that happened, we had some girls take on groups. And so there's three girl groups. There's two guys groups. And I think it really... It's, I'm hoping becomes just a part of life in Dawson's youth group. Right. Is we are disciple makers. Right. And we multiply and we expand and we and we replicate. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that's really the model of starting churches. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we are to to uh, go to the next step as we as an overflow mm-hmm. uh, of our desire to uh, reach people. We start additional churches. So you, you so you're doing that same concept in right. in the youth at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Which that makes a really impact on our future
2: leaders, correct? Yeah, that, that's one one of the biggest things I've seen is when I have youth who come to me discouraged about doing ministry, mm. and I say, "Hey, now you know how I feel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right?" It's like they become it, instead of just you know these kids I'm ministering to, they become co ministers almost. Oh yeah, they come to me. How do I get him to read the Bible? How do I get him to love Jesus more? How? Do... And so it's almost like. You get these assistant youth pastors, right? <laughs> because they're they're doing the work of ministry just like I am. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. So how in your curriculum? I know you're basically
1: what you said. You're you taking material uh, that basically they read and they just uh, maybe things they don't have questions about, don't understand, or just really stands out, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll write it down. You all discuss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you take that? Do you take that any further? And, and challenge him, how do you personally begin to challenge him through that those questions that mm. they
2: have? Uh, the questions... Re- um, Regardless of what they had just studied. Yeah, so one thing that they kind of struggle with is application. Oh, and yeah. so that's, you know, they can say, okay, well, you know, right now we're in Exodus. So they'll, they'll say, okay, you know, God told Moses to do this. And that'll be their journal. And So the thing that I try to challenge them with specifically in the journals is, okay, how does that apply to your life? Mm -hmm. How can you take the principle of Scripture there, and how does it change the way you live? One thing that I give them that's simple is this acronym SPACE. Mm -hmm. You can just ask these questions about the passage, is there a sin to confess is there a promise to claim? Right. Is there an attitude to change? Is there a commandment to obey? Or is there an example to follow? Hmm. And they kind of latch on that because it's simple, but also I think it's a big step to... I think a big problem is people don't know how to apply scripture to their lives right and this is an idea to take a principle of scripture and then say okay how does this change my life right now today hmm. and they can they sometimes that acronym really helps yeah awesome
1: so has this have you been able to see a difference in your church as a
2: whole because mm-hmm. of this yeah the, the amazing thing is is it started with th- these guys in the youth and when they replicated it kind of got contagious mm-hmm. and now the deacons, are are about to launch D groups. And, um, you know, some of the ladies in our church are picking it up. So I'm praying and we're, you know, we're hoping as a staff that discipleship becomes one of our main focuses in right. the church.
1: Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about what you see uh, in,
2: that youth ministry is trending right now. Mm-hmm. Trending. You know, I kind of see two paths in youth ministry. There's one path that is kind of you know, there might be some fluff. There might be, you know, it's this idea of getting a big crowd, which is good, but that's kind of this, where it ends, is get a big crowd, and, you know, maybe the, the sermons are a little light, mm-hmm. you know, kind of watered down, and, you know, there's a lot of games added on, and it's a great experience, and there's a huge group, Um and it's really fun. Um, but then there's, I think in a reaction to that, there's some youth pastors who want to shut down all the fun. Yeah. That's kind of what I see is that it's like, okay, we're going to do hour long apologetic sermons and, uh, you know, we're not going to have any fun and that you're, you're here to learn about the word. And, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, it kind of seems like there's two divergent paths and maybe it's one that's going too attractional and mm-hmm. one that's going only discipleship. Yeah. Well, I think there's a middle way. Right. And that, if you can find that middle way, I think that there's a lot of good. Yeah. So you think, do you think that the uh, the whole
1: idea, which has had been going on for years, this bigger and better, mm-hmm. you know, that the youth minister felt this pressure that, oh, the next event needs to be better, mm-hmm. more exciting to draw people in. Do you think that's going away?
2: I, no, no, I don't. I, in my mm-hmm. heart, it's still kind of there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be good to go away because, you know, we always just think bigger is always better. Right. And I don't know if that's true. But I think the heart behind it is good. Yeah most of the time, you know, because, you know, I want to reach as many people as possible. Sure. You know, my group's around 40. I'd I'd love for it to be 75. Um, I think there is kind of, you know, with this attractional mindset where it's never enough. Yeah. And actually, you're trying to find your identity Mm. in your ministry performance. Yeah. And you're trying to look at the crowd and say, okay, I'm, my identity is rooted in there being 75 students here. Right. Um, that's something that's really easy to fall into when you're trying to reach people and get things bigger because you want to be the biggest youth ministry, the the guy who's got it going all along. Right. <laughs> um, so I think it's great to reach people, but I think the danger is when you find your identity in reaching people um, and the pressure. I mean, it's exhausting to think, okay, I had, I had 45 students go to camp this last year. I need to get, yeah. Forty-seven. If I get forty-seven, that means we're growing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, uh, you know, it's it's not always good to be bigger. And you know, I heard this quote once that on um on Judgment Day when we stand before God and have to give an account for our congregation, we'll be perfectly content with how small it was. Yeah, we we won't be like, oh man, I wish I had two hundred more people to take account of, because you know, every single student that comes on Wednesday nights, I have to take account for, right. for their faith and for their life. And I'm their pastor. And yeah. and so when you think about it in those terms, maybe you want it to be yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little smaller instead of it just completely growing all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, you're right. And that's a good point that, that, uh, those who, that God has called to the ministry, he holds them more accountable. So we have to be very serious about how we disciple
2: people, how mm-hmm. we reach people and
1: we can't be flipping about it. Right. Th- th- can't we? No, yeah. we can't yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. It's a very serious thing. And so, If there's fifteen in your church, that's plenty. Mm -hmm. You know, disciple those fifteen. If there's, if there's, you know, I I come from a church where there was thirty people there on Sunday morning, and I was the only youth. Yeah. When I was sixteen, I ran the youth Sunday school class. You know, and so, um, but that was enough. Right. You know, that's enough to disciple. And like you said, two or three is enough. Yeah. And so I think youth pastors, and I'm kind of preaching to myself here, should be content with what God's given them, right? And just pour into them. And if God grows it, and you should try to reach more, if God grows it, great, you want it to grow, but yeah. be content with the people God's brought into your life right. and do everything you can to pour into them and disciple them. Yeah,
1: well, I think that's some wise words, because <laughs> it's not just youth pastors. Mm, right. It's, it's uh, pastors, it's uh, music ministers, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, across the board, because we do uh i guess we measure our success on numbers a lot of times right. don't we yes. instead of of measuring our success about just reaching people for Christ mm, yeah and it does not have to be the numbers as long as we're doing it right for yeah. sure
2: you know uh one of my classes i was just i was taking with uh jim hamilton was talking about how jeremiah was not a failure in ministry mm-hmm. but if you look at his you know ministry numbers he has number of decisions he would be a failure. Yeah. Right? But so we can't measure our ministry by the world's response to it. We right. can't measure our preaching by how lost people think about it. We have to measure our ministry by our faithfulness right. to the Word of God. Right. So if we're faithful to the Word of God, your success, whether it's five youth or, you know, 20 people in your congregation or there's hundreds. Well, now, since we're on the lines of reaching
1: people, dealing with youth, youth are struggling. Mm-hmm. What do you see that the biggest struggle that they deal with every day?
2: One of the biggest ones that I see in the church, even, is apathy. Mm. I think discipleship kind of fights against that, but you know they just kind of are apathetic to the things of God. Mm. They're so you know the God of this world has blinded their their minds and their eyes and their hearts, and you know so often they just simply don't care about spiritual things. Mm. And I think that's one of the biggest needs is just to wake them up. In cultures past, it was almost like this guilt and this fear of God was kind of built in right but now it's kind of gone where you know they're they're in these schools they're you know here in the secular world view secular worldview all the time and when it comes to things of God so so often apathy can just be the spirit of the age yeah and so one of the biggest you know jobs I have I think is to try to wake people up from that to see the beauty of Christ to see the truth of God yeah. his holiness and his majesty and I think that if they could wake up from that apathy, I think there would be growth in so many other areas that they struggle in.
1: Right. Well, and I, I have, you know, I have uh, two young girls, and, and, and as parents, as a parent, you know, I'm always looking for things, whatever they're exposed to, at least that my wife and I expose them to, are, are things that are wholesome, and we're mm-hmm. very careful. But then when they go to school, right. that's a different story. Even though they have uh, a lot of their, their uh, teachers are Christians, they still are exposed things mm-hmm. that we we call very questionable. So they become callous, don't they?
2: Right. Yeah. For yeah. sure.
1: So and and I know that's a difficult thing to deal with. So just to help them to understand what is wholesome. So what do you think? I, I, obviously, I probably you think discipleship is really kind of the answer to this. Mm-hmm. But how do you get them just over into? Oh yeah, I need. I need this. I need to, the Lord. There's spiritual things are important. How do you get past that?
2: Yeah, I think really is you have to trust in the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, and then model it yourself. Mm. Uh, you know, so often I can I can find myself preaching the Word of God and not being excited about it. You know, not having it apply right. to my heart. So I think when they see it, when they see an example. And the word of God is working through proclamation, and the Holy Spirit's working, and you're you're praying, and you're asking God to move, and they see it in you. I think with those three things, there can be, there can be birth to hunger. But really, it's, it's simply a work of God, almost. You know, um, you you can model it, you can um, pray for it, you can you can show it in God's word. But we have the trust that God will you know open eyes, and we'll have the trust that God will um, motivate people. Right. To grow in their faith. Right.
1: Have you had any parents come to you and say, hey, I can. Uh, what you're doing has made a difference in my child's life?
2: You know, that's one of the coolest things is um, when a parent comes up and says, hey, I walked into my teenage boy's room. And I'm like, uh-oh. And, <laughs> and they go, and he was reading his Bible and journaling. Oh, wow. And it's just like, you know, parents see that and they love it yeah. because... You know, normally don't expect your 14-year-old boy to be in the Word of God at night. But yeah, so parents have seen it, and we've seen kids who, youth who have had, who are in discipleship groups, now their parents are getting in them. Mm-hmm. And so I just love the idea of a parent and a student both getting discipled, both seeking the Lord in that way, both in these small, intentional, relational discipleship right. groups yeah, um, to get, like, in and they can talk about it. You know, I'm sure it transforms conversation in the home where it's like, hey, did you read that today mm-hmm. in Exodus? And, you know, that yeah. was, uh, I love the idea of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's pretty neat because we always think that, which should be, the parents are the one that makes the biggest impact on their child. Definitely, 100%. But the child can make impact on their family, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, yeah. we've seen that
1: before. Yeah, definitely. awesome. Well, uh, now, tell me, I know you, you mentioned something that, when you are involved in any kind of planning and events and mm-hmm. stuff, you, you, I mean, we're kind of breaking down some walls down here, right? That's right, yeah. So you get a little anxious about that. Oh, yes. Why is that?
2: Maybe it has something to do with uh, what you mentioned earlier about needing to be bigger and better and all these events need to be, you know, the best event ever. Mm-hmm. But I always find myself anxious, not so much about the details, but once everything's set up and I've got the event, just like this was the first thing that came you to know, mind, anxious about, Man, are people going to sign up? Mm. Man, is it, is it going to be enough? Is this going to are people going to come to this? Yeah. You know, I had this big outreach event just a couple of weeks ago, and it was like um, the whole time I was like, "Are people going to come? Or Is this about to be a bust?" <laughs> and you know, just a couple of weeks ago, like I said, I had a big outreach event, and I eventually just had to say, "It's in God's hands." Right. You know, uh, if two hundred people come, or if thirty people come to this outreach event, it's you know, I I I do my best. I tried to spread the word. I tried to reach out. And so I'd get so anxious, but I had to eventually just trust in the Lord. Right. And he came through in that instance. And yeah. so I would just recommend if you're, if you're like me, you're one to have successful events. Sometimes you're going to, you know, wring your hands over. Yeah. And sometimes I feel stupid. I'm like, I'm, stressed out over whether teenagers will approve of what I'm doing. Right. You know, it's kind of backwards, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, we are breaking down some walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to trust kind of this idea of do, you know, work as if everything depends on you mm-hmm. and then pray as if everything depends on God. Right. And with, with those two um, together, you can I think have a successful ministry.
1: So uh, I know that you, you're very enthusiastic about, and it seems to be important about taking kids, your group, out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. into a different setting. Right. How, how does that
2: impact them? If you took them away for a retreat, why is doing that important? One thing I see, I've, I've seen it over the past nine or so years, is that you'll have a student who's kind of on the outs. You know, you kind of have your core group, and then you might have one that comes, but he doesn't really fit in, or she doesn't really get along with the girls, or something like that. and. So often I've seen that person come, they ride on the bus, they they're lodging with people, they're experiencing worship, they're playing games, whatever, and they go from being an outsider to an insider. Mm, I see yeah. that so often in overnight retreats that can't really be replicated, I think, in you know, a couple of hours on a Wednesday or even like a couple of hours on a Saturday or whatever it may be. That is just when you get them kind of alone and kind of forced to be together almost, there can be a unity there that wasn't before. And I really see that as a great um, reason to go on overnight trips, to go on retreats like that.
1: Well, Matt, uh, thank you for coming and sharing with us your passion for uh, building an impact, uh, impactful relationship through discipleship. Also, I'd like to thank our listeners today for joining us during our podcast uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Matt or what we do at TN Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know.
0: Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.